Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby at Say the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the candle, take a deep seat, and pull your hat down tight. I ain't gonna tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. In getting ready for this retreat this weekend, and like Ty said, this has been four years in the making. I've told as many of these out-of-town Long X Ranch Cowboys as I could that they truly are an answer to prayer because we've been talking about doing something like this for four years, and we finally just did it, and it's just been amazing. But, you know, we spent all this week kind of spit-shining the ranch and trying to get everything uh, looking as nice as it can be. I mean, when we bought this place, oh, my gosh, it was <laughs> it was kind of a wreck. And so we have done so much work uh, doing that. So back behind my house, was an old chicken coop with like a, like a chicken run, I guess you could say. You know, it was covered with uh, chicken wire and all this. But it was like, you know, 150 years old. and It was just all grown up. I never used it for anything. And so I thought, you know what, that's kind of an eyesore. As people are coming down the driveway, they could see it. So I was like, I'm going to just clean all of that up. And so I got out there with a tractor. Who doesn't like to demo stuff with a tractor, right? Yeah, just... I four-wheel drive and just turn the music up loud and just demo stuff. I did nearly knock down a wall, but it's it's okay. It is okay. But anyway, so I clean all this stuff out and I you know and I drag it out and I had to you know pull posts and I mean these these posts were cemented in the ground and I ended up breaking a chain uh, trying to pull one post out of the ground. But anyway, when I got done, I mean there's net wire, there's chicken wire, there's cement, there's posts, there's nails. I mean. And I had like this SUV-sized pile of chicken stuff, right? And it was late in the day. And I had told myself that morning that I was not going to stop until all that was cleaned up. And by now, it's like 6.30. I've been in the sun all day long. I am hot. I'm worn out. The only time I wasn't working on that is when I went to town and worked out and came back and started doing it. So I have this pile of stuff, and I'm like, now what? I mean, I'm tired. I want to go. And I was like, you know what? That might all fit on my flatbed Dodge. What are the chances that I can put the hay forks on the tractor and lift that whole thing up and put it on the trailer? Well, there's enough of a chance that I was going to try it, right? So I get over there, and I get the tractor, and I kind of scoop everything up, and I go to lifting up, and the net wire and the chicken wire kind of hold everything together. And I'm like, oh, yes! Picked it up. Well, I didn't want to drive forward, right, because things might settle, so I backed the truck underneath it, and I set everything down. And, I mean, it's like hanging off the edges, and, I mean, this is literally... I should have called y'all. I should have taken a picture. This is a living miracle, okay? This is one of the greatest days of my life because something went right. Because in ranching or wrenching, things very seldom go right. So I was like, go God. Because, I mean, like, it's seriously, there's no reason this little piece of chicken wire that was this long and about this wide was holding that whole cement up, right? It was totally God thing. And I, and I thanked him for it. I was like, God, thank you so much. I mean, I'm wore out, and you come through for me. And, 
I don't deserve it, but I really appreciate it. So I start driving, and I drag it all off when I hit the gate going to the dump. But what are the chances that I can do it again? What are the chances? So I get out, and I go get the tractor, and I'm praying. I'm like, God, you're a mighty God. I mean, you made everything. You, this, this is no big deal for you. Please, God, don't let me get, you know, 60 feet from where I started and have to start over, right? So I get in there. Living on faith, man, I got not a mustard seed faith. I've got a grapefruit-sized faith right now. I lift everything up, pull forward, and set it all right down on the truck. And I take it to the dump, and I go, and I take me a shower, eat me some beef, and I went to bed. Today, we're going to talk about when things go right. Now, a lot of times, y'all know me. I mean, my gift is encouragement, okay? My gift is encouragement. And so, we talk a lot about going through hard times, and, and you know, yes, it's called the narrow trail because it is steep, and it's hard, and, you know, a lot of, you know, fighting against the world, and we talk about that a lot. But you know what we don't talk about a lot? is when things go right. But not just when things go right, but why they do. Today I'm going to give you seven reasons why things might just go right and maybe we can all get just a little bit more of that. Seven reasons things will go right. I think the very first thing, I think things go right far more often than we think they do, okay? But if you really want to see things starting to go right in your life, I think one of the very first things that we have to do is learn to be truly thankful. Because if you're not thankful, you're not even going to see it if it does go right. I mean, start being thankful for every little thing that goes on in your life. Every time something right happened the other day, well, it's not just the other day, it was just kind of a visual representation of it. Man, I, I say thank you to God all the time. I mean, walking out this morning, I'm like, thank you, God. I mean, I see all of y'all people here. We've got a baptism after the second service today. Man, like seriously, thank you, God. And if you want things to go right in your life, you need to develop a sense of thankfulness, of noticing when things go right, because it's really easy to notice when things go wrong. Really easy to notice when things go wrong. But can you notice it when things go right, even if they're small things? You know, God gets the credit and the thanks for every good thing in my life. God gets the credit and the thanks for every good thing in my life. And over this past weekend, I cannot tell y'all, individually, each one of you Long X Ranch Cowboys and those that helped put everything on this weekend, I cannot tell you how many times I glanced over, you know, when Josh is out here working and stuff like that, that I just looked over and I said, thank you, God, for him. Thanks, God. And I look at all y'all Long X Ranch Cowboys. Y'all didn't even know it. I just looked over and I was like, man, thank you, God. I didn't say it out loud. I just said it. To develop an attitude of true thankfulness. You know, without a thankful heart, we're never going to be able to see all the things that go right all the time. If you want to become thankful, start with others. Okay? Start with others. I mean, 
I tell people around me, especially those closest to me, I, I tell them thank you all the time. And a lot of times they look at me like, why do you keep telling me thank you? Because I appreciate you. I want you to know that I notice what you're doing. So if you want to develop an attitude of thankfulness, you start with others. Say thank you and mean it. And then work your way up to God. Or, you know, maybe it's the other way around. You're really thankful for God. Be thankful for others as well. Seven reasons things will go right. First one, to be thankful. When you are thankful, things go right a lot more than you ever dreamed they did. The second thing, the second reason things go right, and I know that this is a no-brainer, but just to hear it and to acknowledge it, you want to know why things go right for you? Because God loves you. I mean, it, that, there, there's no other way to put it. God loves you. You know, I think a lot of people have God pictured as like a headmaster of a boarding school or something. You know, like the whoever, you know, the high school principal, the mean coach or something like that. You know, God is not a headmaster. He's your father. More importantly, he's your daddy. That's what Abba means. Abba means daddy. Not just father, not just, you know, dad, but daddy. You know, my boys, when we brought them over from China, they don't do it anymore. And I'm not going to ask them, even though they're sitting here, I'm not going to ask them to uh, go back to it. But what is, what is dad in Chinese, Jace? You don't remember? Baba. That's what they both called me when they got over here was Baba. Kind of like Abba, right? But it was Daddy. And, and I love that. And God loves us. And he's not just our father. He is our father. And yes, he is our God. But he is our Daddy. And you know what? The Bible says that if we who are evil know how to be good fathers, how much more will God do for us? Who's a perfect father? But let me ask you this. What happens when kids are handed everything on a silver platter? You know what I mean? Don't we see that in society a lot today? Just, I mean, just give and give and give and not expect anything back. Yes, God is our father. He's our daddy. He loves us. But just because he loves us doesn't mean that he's just going to buy us Nintendo games and that's all we're going to do is sit around playing Nintendo and watching Netflix, right? We've got a job to do. But as we're doing that job, I mean, think about it, people. I mean, if you had a great dad growing up, how many great memories do you have of not the sporting events or anything like that, of just being outside working with your dad? Man, those are amazing things to, to remember. We need to be a part of that with God, too. And he will work alongside of us when we acknowledge that he's there because he loves us so much. God's not going to spoil you so that you become some entitled brat. Yes. He does love you, and yes, he wants you to have nice things, but don't think that you're just going to sit around and, you know, God's just going to spoil you rotten. He does spoil us in a good way, but uh, just because he loves you doesn't mean that life's not going to get a little ranked sometimes. You know, when we realize just how much God does love us, you know, bad loops catch wild cattle. You get upgraded to a three-bedroom condo in Cabo San Lucas for no reason whatsoever. And, you know, even things like you get a tailwind going home through Kansas. 
the gas goes just a little bit further. You know, the food. <laughs> right. And, uh, you know, just things just start falling into place when we realize just how much God loves us. The third reason why things will go right in your life, and this one, I think this is probably the best one, but it may be the hardest one to understand. Things will go right in your life, and God will do things right in your life because he wants the glory. He wants the glory. In John 14, 13, it says, Jesus says, whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, so that the Father may be glorified by the Son. Everything Jesus did was to glorify God. And God wants to do nice things in our life. He wants things to go right so that we can give him the glory that he deserves. He gave us life. He gave us, you know, cattle and horses and, and spouses and kids and dogs and all of this stuff. And, man, there's no reason whatsoever that we shouldn't give God all the glory. See, God wants the glory. And when you give it to him, he gives more back. It's kind of a, when things start going right, they just keep kind of going. And when you give God the glory, you get a lot more reasons to give God the glory. Win-win situation, right? Give God the glory. He's going to make things happen where he gets more glory. And it just, I'm not saying that everything's going to be, you're never going to have a problem again. You know that. But when we give the glory, God keeps giving to us. The fourth thing, the fourth reason things will go right in your life is when you do what you say you will do. Things go right. I didn't say things won't go easy. I'm saying things go right when you do what you say you will do. There's an amazing power in having integrity. I mean, me and uh, Ty and I were, were talking with some people uh, yesterday or the day before, and Ty had to do a really hard thing close to his house, and some people got really upset with him, and, but he did the right thing. Doing the right things, a lot of times it's not easy, but you can walk away knowing that you did the right thing regardless of the consequences. There's power in doing the right thing, and when you say you, will, you do what you will say you will you do what you say you will do, man, amazing things start happening. It's like a peace that's on your heart. Because we've all been on the other end of it, right? When we know we said we'll do something, and then we don't, what happens? And it just kind of ruins your day, doesn't it? It kind of starts eating at you, and you kind of, well, if they would have just done this or that, you know, you start making excuses. But it just starts drawing us down. But when you do what you say you will do, Man, it's amazing how that, that seed is planted and it just keeps growing and growing and growing and good things start happening. You know, there are no shortcuts to keeping your word. And I think a lot of times we, we do. We, we look for shortcuts to integrity. But it doesn't happen. There are no shortcuts to keeping your word. You want good things to go, or things to go right more often in your life? Do what you say you'll do. I can't think of many more things. Think about this. I cannot think of many more things because we are commanded to be Christ-like. Are we not? 
We are supposed to be Christ-like. I cannot think of anything more prevalent of being Christ-like than keeping your word because does God keep his word? Absolutely. Absolutely he keeps his word. So I don't know of anything that is more Christ-like. You know, I think that people have like this image of Christ, you know, the the white kind of feminine Jesus, you know, that kind of looks like you're on the cover of some book or something. You know, white American Jesus. We got this really different attitude of what Christ is like from what we've kind of been raised with. But I think of God as, as, or Jesus, he was a carpenter. He was a man's man. You know, he wasn't afraid to cry in front of people. He wasn't afraid to touch lepers. He wasn't afraid to turn over tables in the temple. He was a man's man. And he always did what he said he would do. And if you want to become Christ-like, if you just want to take one step today, start showing true integrity. And you know what the other thing is when you do what you say you'll do? You'll quit doing, you'll quit telling people you'll do all the things that you said that you'd tell them to do, right? When you keep your word to the letter, you will quit saying yes to everything, okay? Guaranteed. Seven reasons things will go right. Thankful. Being thankful. Um, Knowing God loves you. Bring God glory. Do what you say you'll do. The fifth, if you want things to go right in your life, if you want to see more of that happening, become the best version of you. In other words, be yourself, but be the best version of yourself. You know, I, I, I don't know why this sticks in my, in my mind, but I was, I was in my early 20s, and uh, I was at a buddy's wedding. And we were getting ready at the church. And another friend of mine, and, and, and I love him dearly, and this was a long time ago, but, you know, he was just foul-mouthed and everything, and we're in the church, and a couple of us kind of looked over at him like, dude, you know, I, we're, we're in a church, right? And he goes, well, I know we're in a church, and I love God. God made me this way, so I'm going to be this way. And I was like, mm, I don't know. And I didn't say anything at that moment. But that has always stuck with me. Yes, God did make us this way. But he also made, he died so that we could become more than we are today. Be the best version of yourself. I wonder, I wonder, what would go right if we quit pretending to be someone else just so the others might like us better? I wonder what would happen. I wonder what would happen if we dropped the tough guy act and did like Jesus did. Wasn't afraid to cry in front of people that, you know, uh, or to love the unlovable or to stand up for what is right. Wonder what would happen if we dropped the tough guy act and opened ourselves up to God and others. I wonder what would happen if we let our yes be yes and our no be no. And each would be done out of nothing except love. I wonder what would happen. You know what? Let me give you my theory, my hypothesis on what would happen if we did those three things. You'd see a lot of things going right in your life. You'd see a lot of things going right in your life. Number six, the sixth reason why things might just go right for a while is when you love others. Is when you love others. 
when things go right, it might be because you're loving others like God loves us. Isn't that what the Bible says to do? To love others like God loved us? You know, maybe there's this big push in, in religion about holding people accountable. Holding people accountable. We're going to hold you accountable. Hold you accountable. I hate that. And, and I, know it's a, I know it's kind of a part of it, but, you know, maybe we wouldn't need to hold each other accountable if we just loved each other, right? I mean, wh- what would happen? Would we really need to hold each other accountable if people felt like they were loved and you felt like you were loved? Wouldn't you want to do good then? Of course you would. You want things to start going right in your life? Start loving others. Start loving others. You know, hating makes things go wrong. Loving makes things go right. It's not rocket science. When hate makes things go wrong, loving makes things go right. You cannot love without giving a part of yourself away and getting more from God in return. You'll never go wrong loving somebody else. And you know what you get credit for in heaven for loving? Loving those that don't love you back. The Bible says it's easy to love, you know, those that love you already. But how well are you able to love somebody that won't reciprocate it or hates you? Can you still love them? You sure can. And if you want things to go right in your life, start doing that. And finally, number seven. If you want things to go right in your life, Kind of get it, got to get into the God groove. And what is the God groove? It's really those six things that we just talked about. You know, being thankful and knowing God loves you and giving God the glory and, and having integrity and doing what you say you'll do and being the best version of you, the real you, the, the you that God made and the you that God wants to grow. And loving others. I call that the God groove. And in Psalm 84:11, the psalmist says, For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless. You want to be able to get in the God groove? Live a blameless life. And I just know everybody's going, oh. How can you live a blameless life? I mean, think about it. What what does a blameless life mean? A blameless life is not a life without sin. It's a life with God. Okay? A blameless life isn't a life without sin. It is a life with God. Following him, trusting him, reading his word, studying, spreading the good news, telling others about the grace and mercy that you have received. That's the God groove, and that is a blameless life. And you know what? You know what today is? Today is an amazing day. Out here in the shadow of the Rocky Mountains that we cannot see, they're there, I promise y'all. They are there. Today would be an amazing day for you to start living that blameless life. Today would be an amazing day 
to get in the God groove. Today would be an amazing day to love others and becoming dropping that facade, that mask that you carry around. Today would be a great day to give God the glory and to do what you say you will do and to know just how much God loves you. And today would be a phenomenal day for you to develop an attitude of thankfulness. And today, I'm thankful for every stinking one of you, even you knotheads. I'm thankful for every one of you. Let's go to God in prayer. Father, we are amazed by your presence here today, but not surprised. You were always with us in the good times and the bad. We give you all the glory and honor today, and we thank you for loving us, God. And you know what? God, we love you. You know, there's always a certain group of people that want to come to the brandings but don't want to do any of the groundwork or give shots. Sure, it's not the glamorous work, but it's what being a cowboy is all about. It's the guys in the trenches that make the difference, not the guys out for the afternoon. With that being said, I'm asking y'all to do a little groundwork. Go to savethecowboy.com and make a monthly contribution. I know it's hard and inconvenient, but do it anyways. At Save the Cowboy, we're looking for those willing to get in the trenches, not just those that come out for an afternoon. Someone reached you by getting in the trenches. Now it's time for you to step up. Don't be that guy that if he can't rope the whole time, he's going home. Don't be that guy. Help us reach others. Go to savethecowboy.com. You can even text Save the Cowboy, all one word, to 77977 to give with your pocket phone. It's easy. Remember, don't be that guy not willing to pull his weight. For Save the Cowboy, this is Kevin Weatherby. I'll see you next time.